Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Full-Time Fantasy Network. Check out this and countless other great fantasy podcasts over at FullTimeFantasy.com, at FullTimeFantasy on the Twitter. Follow your boys at AsylumFootball.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter, and AsylumFootball at gmail.com. The playoffs are here, and you've got to be a part of Rick's mailbag if you care to survive. You better believe it. We are Flinger Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. And if you are listening, you either A, are in your playoffs, or B, you just love us. And that's probably the majority of them. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, just simple numbers would dictate what two-thirds of the people are gone now. So if you're exactly. still listening, it's because you you want to be your boy. So we'll we'll talk some football. We'll make it fun. It's uh boy, that year go quick. Man, did it go quick. And boy Always did does. It, did it almost suck in every possible way. I just the injuries this year. I, I'd, I'd like to. I'm never going to do it. But if somebody smart out there can run the numbers, just the man games missed on, you know, what were consensus even top 100 fantasy players. The the Adam Thielens of the world who uh, look for all the world for the last three le- yeah. weeks like they're going to play and just don't play. It, it's honestly hasn't been a lot of fun managing teams this year. Nah, Brandon Cooks, you know, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, all those guys just pop it. Saquon. On Barkley. I mean, right. these are all first rounders, David first Johnson. second rounders. But I, we're going to do a whole show after the season on the the enigma that has become David Johnson. All of a sudden, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, Todd Gurley. You know, you Todd you get Gurley. you know while Adam Gase is not an idiot, you get McVeigh admitting this week that he is an idiot, <laughs> and that's the sole reason Todd Gurley hasn't touched the football. So I give him credit for that. Adam Sean McVeigh, idiot. Adam Gase still not an idiot. Apparently, at least according to <laughs> him so it's it's been a rough one but if you're still alive if you survived we're going to get through this thing together so what we're going to do with the season being over I don't think we need to do the two full shows you don't care about game balls and stinky socks for a season that's essentially over for a fantasy football player we're just going to get you ready this week Rick let's start out with a few headlines I mentioned Adam Thielen still questionable with that hamstring after being a real surprise inactive at the last possible second on Monday night last week, no way you put him in your lineup unless they tell you right tomorrow that, yes, he right. is 100%. And even then, do you? Because I'd be so afraid that when he came back, was that two or three weeks ago, he come back, he ran one route, and he was gone again. I don't – I don't. if you got in the playoffs, you pretty much did it without him. I think I'd play week one of the playoffs without him as well. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I, I really fear that they – I don't know if they rushed him back or it just turned out to be more severe than what they thought, whatever the case may be. It's been a it's, long hamstring. really you know, has been. We've seen how it some happens, of these yeah. can go. Yes. I mean, you get a, you know, they haven't really said anything, but you get something that's partially torn in there instead of just pulled. Starting I mean, to get that vibe. We're talking with weeks. One. Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. And staying in Minnesota, Rick Dalvin Cook limited with a chest. I've seen chest. I've seen shoulder injury limited all week. You know, he's telling anybody, apparently, if you go into Minnesota and walk down whatever the main drag is in the city of Minneapolis, you can see Dalvin Cook screaming at yeah, lampposts that I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing this week. What do you do? Dalvin Cook owners are in the playoffs, Rick. But what, what do you do? 
I, Dalvin I, Cook is in the lineup. You, you in, think? On my team. Oh, I am I've so. Got a playoff team right now, Dalvin Cook, I, and he's in the lineup. I am so scared. I mean, at a minimum, he's going to be sharing time with Madison, isn't he? At a minimum. I don't know. I mean, you know, they're. It, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I really think um, Friday and, and into the weekend is going to be a real telltale sign, but. You know, you put that aside. Okay, you have Delvin Cook. Okay, just for an example, it depends on how you how you went. But who are you going to bench Delvin Cook for? See, that's the a problem. Carlos Hyde. Yeah, that's. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just trying to think of a, a number. You know, a Tariq Cohen. Some of these. You know, I'd sit him. I'd sit him for Benny Snell. I think this week, possibly somebody on something like, like that. that. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're really stretching, you know, but you know, it's possible you could have a Snell, a Kareem Hunt pops to mind. I think there are scenarios where I would sit Dalvin Cook this week. I am just so nervous. Here, I'm going to play dime store psychologist here a little bit, which is the only psychologist, obviously. I'm qualified. You're like Lucy on peanuts, right? There. Exactly. Right, exactly. The fact that he does find it necessary to yell it at street signs all over the city of Minneapolis that he is playing tells me somebody's telling him maybe he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, right? That's that there's the something out there, and that he's saying, you know, I'm the tough guy. I don't care what they say. I'm going to go. I think he does go. I think he can fight through. I think he's very limited. And the problem is, in his stead, Madison plays so well why aren't you going to give Madison plenty of work and try to preserve Dalvin Cook, especially – I think if they get up four points early, you're going to go ahead and really, really rest Cook here because as important as he is to your fantasy team, he's way more important to the Minnesota Vikings and their upcoming playoff run as well. Okay, well, this was printed at 3.17 p.m. today, which is Thursday – uh, by Rotowire, it said that despite having his reps cap for the second straight day, Dalvin Cook remains optimistic that he'll be able to play Sunday against the Lions with coach Mike Zimmer also supporting that notion, per Chris Tomlinson of the St. Paul Pioneer Press. So the, I don't think there's a, any question he plays. No, he absolutely plays. But, yeah, it's it's the workload. But the thing is, I don't know, it's – now they're really in a dogfight coming off that loss against Seattle. Um, got a big game coming up here with the Lions. It's a division game. I know the Lions stink. That's more so the right one they have to have. They're going to come out. You've you, got to have You this have one. to have it. You know, case in point, it, it could be a dogfight or it could be they could be up 24 nothing at halftime, whereas Delvin Cook gets benched. <laughs> he gone. You just man. don't know. I, to me, against the Lions, I mean, you know – if you have Dalvin Cook and they say he's playing, you got to be licking your chops because Detroit can't stop anybody. Right. I'm just saying there are, which absent this, there is yep. no scenario where you'd ever question Dalvin Cook. There are scenarios this week where I don't know if you have them. There are scenarios where Cook could sit down. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, still not going to play this week for the Steelers. Not so much that that matters. I think if you drafted Juju or James Conner early, you don't got much to admit, too many lineups to set uh, set uh, this week. Taylor Gabriel out tonight, Rick, against the Cowboys with a concussion. Not significant in terms of fantasy football and Taylor Gabriel. 
but I have really getting excited. And this is a guy I thumped my chest about all of July and August, and Both I look I did. look like a fool until about two weeks ago. And here we go now. Gabriel out, who's been kind of a favored target of Mitch Trubisky. Anthony Miller's coming to life, Rick. And you put Taylor Gabriel out. I, Anthony Miller is a Easy, easy, almost must-start flex play for me tonight against the Cowboys. Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson are a very nice tandem. Right. They they really are. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I, I'm, we both thumped our chest really hard in the preseason. You know what? I think we forgot that Mitch Trubisky stinks and Nagy not being an idiot, but, you know, he's well, not a very good coach. So I don't think we factored that in enough. True. All right, uh, Julio Jones, he's expected to be back this week with a shoulder. In fact, they said if their game last week was on Sunday, he'd have been good to go. They're just sort of taking it easy on that short turnaround. Uh, Marlon Mack set to be back this week. Evan Ingram set to be back. And something I'm excited about, no fantasy implications at all, but Daniel Jones out with an ankle injury. Eli Manning getting the start. I'm excited about that. I, I don't like how things went down for Eli. He certainly deserved to be benched, but I didn't like the mockery, even all the mockery I've done of Eli over the years. I think he's being viewed as a, almost a clown, so I, I hope he comes back and has a nice week or two here to, to usher himself out of either the league or at least New York. Oh, I could fully see him come in and all of a sudden the Giants go on a – a run. How and, great would that be? And he be? says sayonara. I, I mean, I, I hope that happens. I, I do too. And it, I'm in this weird spot because I've got this soft spot for Eli Manning, but also the way all the draft nicks and all the idiots in New York acted about Daniel Jones. I don't root for anyone harder in the NFL than Daniel Jones right now. So I mean, it's this weird juxtaposition. I, maybe Eli, what Eli needs to do is he needs to go to L.A. and take over for the Chargers and in. <laughs> Phil goes somewhere else, and maybe these guys can resurrect their careers there in the AFC and then lose to Daniel Jones in the Super Bowl next season. That would be my dream scenario. Yeah, why not? That That's great. Yeah, Chargers, he could uh, – Phil Rivers could take his wheelchair to say <laughs> – Jacksonville. Uh, I think I think Gardner Minshew is certainly oh, the, he, the guy. The, I, the man. I do. I, I really do. I, I, he's – I mean, you look just last week. It was just a pitiful performance by by Nick Foles. He can't I, play football unless he's in an Eagles uniform. Seven for 14, 93 yards and a pick plus two lost fumbles. You know, that's a bad day. But the thing is, they bench him and they bring in Minshew, and he outscored. Of course, they were down 24 nothing. Right. But he outscores the Jacksonville Jaguars, outplayed them. 11 to 3. From there on, Andrew. You know, it's, and yeah. So, I mean, I think Gardner Minshew adds some swag to this team. I, I think that's a good word for it. Right? And I don't know how good he is long term, but yeah, he, he, they believe in him. He some swag to that offense that they really haven't had since Mark Brunel retired or left and went exactly. to Washington, however, that all went down. Right. I mean,. It, yeah, so I don't know if he's the long-term answer. I certainly think he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, whether you could put the old air quotes around franchise quarterback, right. I don't know. But I, I think that Gardner Minshew, as long as – hell, as long as they're competitive. I mean, what does it matter? I mean, they, they've suffered through Blake Bortles. Right. And, and now these last couple of – now, in his defense, the, the, 
the the first two games back, Nick Foles didn't play that bad. Um, I don't know the stats exactly, but I mean he was mid two hundreds, close to three hundred, a couple of touchdowns. Right. Yeah. You know, nothing bad, but this last outing, it just seems like I I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost like. If they don't start quick, there's no spark. There's no yeah, it can get, get out from underneath him really quickly. Yeah. It, it seems like, and really, I mean, we've seen it, Rick. Unless he's got that eagle on his chest, he's not a very good quarterback. It's the damnedest thing. I can't explain it, right? I know he was somebody. Well, I'll uh, be honest with you. I, I, you were high on. Him. I was you were high excited. on him going to Jacksonville because if you look at the other teams he was on, those Jeff Fisher Rams teams that was just miserable, and we saw how Jared Goff failed his first year on that same team before they got turned around. So I kind of threw that one in the the bucket. and But I was kind of excited about Jacksonville. They got a lot of talent. The defense is pretty good. I I would have liked to see him play a whole year, but maybe not after these last couple of games. Might not have made it even without the injury. It's It's the weirdest thing. I've never seen anyone like it. A guy that travels around that much, when I mean, he hits this one spot and he comes in in relief, he is so right. good. It's it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, against the Colts, they lost 33-13. He passed for 296 yards, two touchdowns. Not bad. Uh, they lost that close one to Tennessee. He passed for 272 yards. Where this 93 yards you know, against Tampa Bay of all teams. That's what's really weird about Yeah. That. I mean, you can throw on Tampa a little bit. Exactly. So... All right, Rick, before we pick the games, one thing. I normally well, I got a couple other oh, things to cover, but go ahead. I I normally hate everything I see on Twitter and I just get on here and complain and but yet I continue to every time I go into the bathroom, which is frequently I take a peek at it. But saw some pretty good debate trick that's never come up in any of our leagues. I've commissioned been the commissioner in leagues in the past. I'm not currently, uh, because I don't want to. You've been a commissioner since uh football players still wore leather helmets <laughs> you know, before fantasy football was a thing you were doing this so I'm curious where you're at and where I land because as always I'm wishy-washy and I can't make up my mind but a good debate in a redraft league teams that are eliminated from the playoffs heading now into week 13 not not leading up to it but the debate being should their rosters be locked should they be now unable to make free agent moves being that they've been eliminated from the playoffs and I saw seen really persuasive arguments on both sides I'm curious as someone who's been doing it as long as you have where you I just land. have a simple a simple take on it uh, you know kind of like our league of consequence. The consolation bracket are the teams out of the playoffs. However, the order of finish affects the draft for next year. If that does that in your redraft league, then they should be able well, to participate. Right. If they're out and it makes no difference, yes, I agree. They should be locked. They should not be able to do anything to disrupt the playoffs of teams that are actually in the championship hunt. So, yeah, and I, I think that's sort of where I landed. If there was something at stake, there are right. leagues that either 
pay the winner of the consolation bracket a little bit. Or if they are, if it's, you know, some year over year, your home league with your buddies, and that's how you're set in draft order, then certainly you have to let them play. What about, you know, the leagues where the guy, and I never understand this, the guy who finishes 12th has to get something horrific tattooed on his ass or something, whatever it is. I think if something is at stake, you have to keep it wide open. But I think I do tend on the side of, right. but, but it's weird. You know, you want, the argument I kept seeing was, well, you want everybody to keep playing. But if they've been eliminated from the playoffs and they're not really playing right well, it, now, like what do I care if they set yeah, their lineup or not? If we look at the playoffs right now in the NFL, um, do we really care if, if Cincinnati and Detroit are playing or right. put in a lineup? True. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah so. But then again, there's nothing in the NFL that allows – whatever Cincinnati to drop Joe Mixon where the Patriots could pick him up in time for the playoffs. True. Kinda yeah, they like have the deadline, football. wasn't it? The end of last month right. for things like that, the end of November. So, yeah, so I think it's it was an interesting debate and like I said good good points on either side of it. But I think I landed with you. If there's something at stake, sure. money-wise, draft position-wise, certainly in a dynasty league you got to keep it wide open. Oh, sure. You know, the the way that works. But in your typical redraft where if you're eliminated, you're done or you're playing in a consolation just for pride to be able to stand up and say, "Yay, I finished 7th." <laughs> <laughs> which is basically what we do, right? It's just, yay, I finished 7th. And, yeah, I think lock them down. Forget about it. You're finished. I agree. You stink. You've, you're finished. All right, what do you got, Rick? Four All weeks right, well, games. you know, right here with four weeks to go in the season, you know, Riverboat Ron got fired in Carolina. Yeah. And, <clears throat> pardon me, doesn't it seem like a good time to you? This is just, just uh, looking at it. This is a good time to let the season play out, cut your times with, cut ties with Cam as well, and start rebuilding this whole team. Yeah, I think they are who they are. Now, three, four weeks ago, I'd have been all in with you on the cut ties with Cam deal. Hey, the last few weeks have shown when they got to have him, Kyle Allen ain't that dude. Well, He's a real capable backup. Well, what's that defense been doing for him? Well, no, you know, and you I know, agree what, with that. What has you know, Joey Sly been doing for him? You know, and well, I don't want to put everything on the kicker, but, but he, he cost, cost him a me, couple of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say it's all his fault, but, I mean, the one game, I the Saints – I mean that that, no, that was all the kickers. that was all they, on they him. I'm them. sorry. I mean yeah. Kyle Allen played good enough to win. The defense played good enough to win. He couldn't make two extra points and a chip shot field goal. So I mean I, I look. He just went in for foot surgery. I don't know what it entailed. I don't know the details right. of it. I just think before you go into next year's draft, you better have it up here. Who's going to be the coach and who you plan on the quarterback is? Because if you plan on him being the franchise again, I think that's wrong. That's a short road and the wrong one to well, take. Well, but here, here's what I wonder about. Here, here's where I'll disagree a little bit. If, if you talk about doing a rebuild, which I agree, right? They've kind of consistently been since the super season Cam had. I don't know. It's been a long time. It was at 20. 12, 2013 when he took him to the Super Bowl. Now it's been a long time, longer than you think. Maybe, maybe not that long. Ago. I think it was 
14? 14? I don't okay. know. I can't yeah, whatever it was. They've been a pretty consistent middling eight and eight, seven and nine type of squad. So I agree a rebuild needs to be done. In the National Football League, the first thing, the first part of any rebuild is the quarterback position. Right. So you're without Cam Newton this year. The draft position you're going to get is going to be irrespective of what happens with Cam Newton. What I do is if the, a quarterback, and I don't think they, they've won already too many games, any of these big-name quarterbacks are going to be around in this year's draft, but if you think you can get one. They're what, 4-8? and eight? Right. Why not bring Cam Newton back? You've got him under contract. Bring in the next guy. Give him a year or two to groom rather than having to dump him right in. Then if Cam's still banged up and can't go, you just get him in early, which is where all these great quarterbacks put, you know, st- first starts come from, right? The guy that's there gets injured. I don't think a, a rebuild it has to entail getting rid of Cam Newton. I think actually a rebuild allows you to take the chance on Cam Newton. Where you let Cam Newton go is if you think, all right, he's done and we still think we can win now. We can make three or four moves, and we can win right now. If you think that, then you get rid of Cam Newton and do whatever your backup plan was. I just don't think that includes Kyle Allen anymore. So I think it changes things a little bit from where this conversation would have gone even a month ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, you, you made a, a point there, you know, where you think that Cam Newton's done. I, I do. I think you know he's done. You've been saying that for months now. I, I'm just. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned about his health. He he just – I've talked about it the last couple of years. He just doesn't look like Cam no, anymore. No, the last two seasons – well, if you count this as a season, yeah. The joy's and, been gone. The just – yeah, something's up. There. And let's face it, I mean, 2015 was, was his best year. Um, 35 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's the lowest amount of interceptions he has ever had in a year. And – the touchdowns, he's usually an 18 to 24 touchdown guy. And if his, with this foot surgery, my biggest fear is, of course, his legs are gone. Right. And he can't take the pounding. You take away that part of Cam Newton. No, it's such a big part and of his game. It's. Who? I mean, it's not even Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I mean, he can throw the football, but the threat of the run, it's just such a big part of his game that, no, it's... But but see, that I, that's my point. Um, 2018, I'm going to go the first number's touchdowns, the second number's interceptions. 2018, 24 and 13. The year before that, 22 and 16. The year before that, 19 and 14. Um, then he had the 35 and 10, but before that, 18 and 12, 24, 13, 19 and 12. The guy's not that great of a passer. Perhaps the MVP year was the anomaly, I guess, is what we're saying here, right? And right. if you take away the ability I mean, well, to run, he's a pedestrian exactly. quarterback. Exactly. That's my point. And, and I guess we don't know. But I guess if we know Kyle Allen ain't the dude, if you, unless somebody offers you something crazy for him in a trade, which I don't think is going to happen, he's damaged goods coming off these bad seasons you mentioned, bring him back, draft the other guy, and go from there and rebuild around that where you at least have a chance of, uh, slim as it may be, a chance of the quarterback position still being all right as you try to go through the rest of the rebuild. Maybe that's crazy. I don't know. That's where my mind goes. I got a soft spot for Cam Newton for some reason. I can't quit him. I don't well, know why. Well, I, I, I understand. I mean, and a lot of people do. I'm not um, 
You know, and certainly not a bash on him because, like, when he was right, he was a dynamic force. Oh, he's so force. fun to watch. Okay, but, you know, I mean, I'm looking at Kyle Allen. I mean, this year, 15 touchdowns, 10 picks. It's Cam Newton numbers. Yeah, I feel like he's had those you 10 know? picks in about the last three games, <laughs> well, too, is the problem. <laughs> but, but, no, but you're I right. But, that, that's just – I don't know. That was just a uh, just a little feel there. But, you know, we're talking about um, uh, Cam Newton right there. And um, just talking about some of these quarterbacks, you know, benched Eli for Jones. All right. We've benched uh, Minshew for Foles and now Foles for Minshew. Um, Finley's back in the bench. Dalton's back in there. Um, To me, it seems like the door's opening around the league here with some of these guys that they don't know who they want for quarterback, no. which means they don't have the quarterback no. that they want or need. There's no good quarterbacks. In a no. league where that's all that matters anymore is a quarterback, there's no good ones out there. I, I know. I mean, you know, I, I see Tennessee probably parting ways with Mariota. Do you buy this Ryan Tannehill thing? I buy the small body of work with Tennessee with Tannehill a lot better than – the body of work the last couple of years that Mariota has with them. What an indictment on the Dolphins, though. <laughs> really, when you look at it, and was it just that? Yeah, was was the situation in Miami that bad? It, it makes you wonder. Here's something. I'll be selfish here. As you know, Rick, unlike you, I made the playoffs in the Caveman League. and I But you didn't in the other league. I have Drew Brees. Right. At home against that terrifying San Francisco defense. I got Ryan Tannehill on the pine going out to Oakland. I am seriously, seriously considering starting Ryan Tannehill. My son asked me the exact same question in the league he's in. Really? And he goes, you know, is it crazy to start Tannehill? I said, no. It's certainly not crazy. What I don't know is if I have the stones to do it. I I think I have I think I do. If nothing else, when you look at the way San Francisco plays and truthfully the way New Orleans has played recently, the possessions are so limited. You, you know what I mean? And there's just not a lot there. And against fantasy defenses, San Francisco, San Francisco is the best defense against fantasy quarterback. It's like 12 points a game or something, 10 to 12 points a game, which is just stupid. Look, I think Tannehill's a comet burning bright. I don't want it to be where that comet burns out is when I start him in the freaking fantasy playoffs is the only thing that scares me. I think you have to do it this week. Ride that hot hand for one more week. Well, I mean, that's what you do and in Oakland's fantasy football. And giving up. They quit, basically. I don't say that. We said that about the Bengals. And, you know, it's, these guys, you know, look, they're all millionaires now. And... You know, Oops. when it gets right down to it, as a team, they do want to win a football well, game. Well, yeah, I, I grant you that. But it, it's gotten out from underneath them this year. I don't think there's any question about that these last several weeks. What happened in New York two weeks ago? What happened in Kansas City last week? They just – no, no. What now? I guess the other fear is, you know, all right, does the pride well up now and we're finally back home? They've made some long trips all year. It, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and make everybody listen to me trying to make this fantasy decision. As a guy who's <laughs> supposed to make fantasy decisions, it shouldn't be this complicated for me. But well, okay, you just look at Nick Foles' 
since week seven against the Chargers, 312, two touchdowns. Nick Foles? Or excuse me, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, what is okay? The Chargers, 312, two touchdowns. Tampa, 193, three touchdowns. Carolina, 331, a touchdown. He did have two picks. Um, KC, 181, and two touchdowns. Um, Jacksonville, 259, two touchdowns. Indianapolis last week, 182, two touchdowns. Uh, I'm not confident Drew Brees throws for two touchdowns, which seems like I'm almost guaranteed to get out of Tannehill. I know. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a dumb play. I mean, Oakland, they're, they are at Oakland, granted. But Oakland's been playing some bad ball the last couple of weeks. I think and, I'm playing Ryan Tannehill over Drew Brees in the fantasy playoff. What a what a world. God bless America. Yes, indeed. All right. You got anything else? You want to pick some games? Uh, we'll pick some games here. I think that's a good thing to do. All right. Well, let's start it out tonight. In oh, and near- last week, uh, Mr. Fligger gained a game on me in the line. I'm quite disappointed in that. Um, didn't do too good. You you did break even. Didn't lose any leather. I was a game under 500, which was disappointing. So, uh, actually, two guys, seven and nine. You were eight and eight. Okay. Hold on. Hold for applause. That's what the cue cards say. Okay, that's enough. All right, here we go. In a mere hours, Rick, the Cowboys head to Soldier Field, laying three points on the road. Cowboys minus three at the Bears. You know, it, it's funny. We're talking about um, the Dallas Cowboys, a division leader. Hey, and they're six and six, and they're not playing good football. And oh, by the way, Anwan Woods arrested for dope today. That's just more drama they don't need. Right. Um, they're going into a. Unfriendly environment. Soldier Field's not the best place in the world. It's not going to be very warm. I'm going Chicago 24, Dallas 23. <laughs> I'm just going to show you this, Ray. Okay. 24, Chicago 24, <laughs> Dallas 20. We have turned into one half-brained amoeba here on this show. We used to be able to have good debates, and we've turned into one drooling idiot at this point. But it's for all the reasons you said. Look, Dallas, man for man, is a much better football team. But amid all the nonsense that's gone on, amid Jerry out there flapping his gums all the time, Garrett knowing he's on his way out, then going on the road. I haven't looked at a forecast in Chicago. I have to assume it's going to be 18 below and the wind's <laughs> blowing 97 miles an hour. I'm sure it'll be windy. Yeah, so I just think Trubisky's been playing much better. Trubisky, I think, is feeling himself a little bit. He's a little bit comfortable, so I just I think it's too much. I think this thing has just gotten completely out from underneath the, the Cowboys, and they're going to lose in this spot. And the winner of that AFC East is going to be 7-9, and nine, Rick, and there's going to be some 12 and 4 team from one of the other divisions who's sitting at home while one of those losers have to go to Dallas is playing a a home game in week one. Did you happen to hear Solomon Wilcott on the radio yesterday? I believe it was. I did not. Talking about, well, he was actually on one of the local stations around here talking about the Steelers. And he went on to say, he goes, you know, he's, I'm a firm believer, you know, coaching still does matter in in the NFL. And he went to talk about how the Steelers had lost Ben and Juju and James Conner and so forth, and and how Mike Tomlin deserved a lot of credit, you Absolutely. know, you know, for for doing this. But in saying that, you know that that's 
the minor part of what I really got out well, of it. Well, you, you wouldn't take it, a positive from it, knowing But you. he goes, um, he goes, so he says, you see what I'm talking about. Coaching does matter. He goes, you look at Jason Garrett in Dallas. <laughs> he has a team just loaded with talent, right. and they can't win nothing. Right. He says, coaching matters. Yeah. I mean, what a dig, man. It's, it's the truth, though. Oh, it, it's absolutely it true. It honestly but is. it was funny. Know. Oh, I, I like it. All right, Rick, let's get to Sunday. We spent a lot of time already talking about the Panthers. They're getting three heading into Atlanta. Getting three heading into Atlanta. Okay. Um, Look, Riverboat Ron's gone. You know, I don't know if Greg Olson's playing. So, obviously, I see Carolina playing an inspired game. Um, But they're in Atlanta. So, I'm going Atlanta 27, Carolina 26. That's the Falcons' win Panther cover. Yeah, I I think this can kind of go one of two ways when a coach gets fired, right? I don't feel like Ron Rivera had lost the team where this is going to be a relief to the players that he's gone, which you often see. I think the players are unhappy about this. I do too. And by there was no need for this to be done midseason. This is some new cocky owner who's really feeling himself, and I think he might have set his franchise back several years here so normally I tend to side with the team's going to come out inspired the the weight's been lifted I don't think that's going to be the case here so I, it's still going to be close it's a division game McCaffrey plus gets, Atlanta's not the yeah game. Atlanta stinks and I think McCaffrey gets back on track but I'm going to take the Falcons to cover here 30 to 24 all right all right Rick we got the Ravens laying five and a half on the road in Buffalo yeah I tell you what it's it's Going to be an interesting game, I think, but I tell you what, I, Baltimore in 2019 are turning into my Patriots. I'll take my right. chances. Yep, <laughs> I, I'm going Buffalo. Tw- or excuse me, Baltimore 27. Buffalo 19. So I'm going to have a, uh, a Raven win and cover. Yeah, I mean, you you took my rationale. That was exactly what it is. <laughs> I do think Buffalo's for real. Oh, I think no doubt. as much as Dallas is struggling, what they did in real prime time, that 4 o'clock game on Thanksgiving, on the road in Dallas, if you didn't believe before, you should believe now. But just what you said, it, the 2019 Baltimore Ravens, I'll lay it whatever it is, wherever it is, against whomever it is. So I'll take the Ravens here 33-20. Not an indictment on the Bills, just, no. a, just a statement of Lamar Jackson. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. All right, Rick, the Bengals coming off an improbable win last week, getting eight in Cleveland. I'll tell you what, uh, with Andy Dalton back, I don't think – Eight's enough for Cleveland. I, um, I'm going Cleveland to win, but I think it's going to be a, a closer game. I'm going Cleveland 27, Cincinnati 24. So that gives me a Cleveland win, Bengal cover. Yeah, this game's always close. When the Bengals were up and the Browns were down, vice versa anyway, weird things always happen in this game. Andy Dalton, wow, he's Andy Dalton. He's still a professional quarterback, and that looked last week like a professionally run offense. It didn't look like a great offense by any stretch, but looked like a professionally run offense. Coming off all the nonsense that happened last week, OB... OBJ's been kind of chirping subtly all week. Things are coming done, undone in Cleveland. Cleveland still wins this game because they're better. But John no, Ross coming back. Yeah, there is no way they cover eight points. So I'm going to take the Browns here, 27 20. So that'd be a Browns win, but the Bengals do cover. All right, Rick, the Redskins getting 13 coming off an improbable win last week themselves. They go on the road to Green Bay getting 13. 
And here, this is one. Yeah, look, Dwayne Haskins, he's not taking any selfies, I don't think. He's, he's going <laughs> up against the big boy now, and they're playing in Green Bay, correct? In Green Bay. Yeah. yeah. I, I have Green Bay winning this easily. I, I have Green Bay 34, Washington 15. Yeah, I think 13 is so many points. And, and let's be honest, Haskins has still looked bad. I like the emergence of Darius Geis. Yeah. I'm excited about Darius Geis' rest of the season if he can stay healthy. But, boy, if you're flying balls and if you're having trouble throwing the ball in Washington, if you're having trouble throwing the ball in Carolina, now you're going to go up to Green Bay in December – with Aaron Rodgers standing on the other sideline, 13 isn't enough. I got the pack here, 31-17. Green Bay now has a couple of games to look at Dwayne Haskins. They realize that they're not too afraid of his arm. Right. So now we just have to stop Geis and Peterson. Right, yeah. And it's probably going to be nine feet of snow and the wind blowing 115 miles an hour <laughs> and all the nonsense that goes on up there. All right, another 13-point line, Rick, is that's what the Lions get heading into Minnesota. Yeah, that that's a lot of points. There, there's no question about that matchup. in a division game. I tell you what, coming off that, I, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going Minnesota thirty, Detroit sixteen. I'm going Minnesota win and cover yeah. on that thirteen points. Clearly, Minnesota wins this game. I just don't lay double digits in division games. I just don't do it. So I wouldn't be stunned. I actually probably think in real football analysis that the Vikings are more than 13 points better than this iteration of the Detroit Lions. But just from a gambling standpoint, I won't do it. So I'll take a Vikings win, but a Lions cover 27-17. All right. All right, brother. The game of the week again, Rick, involves the San Francisco 49ers as they again go on the road into a hostile environment, getting two and a half in New Orleans. And that's not a lot of uh, excitement for San Francisco fans heading into New Orleans now. I mean, that's not an easy place either. Only getting two and a half tells you – Vegas thinks San Francisco is going to win this game. At they do, but I'm taking New Orleans outright. I'm going New Orleans 31, San Francisco 29. So I'm I'm covering with a Ooh, with a San Francisco that's a, cover. That, that's just you hedging is all that is. I, I don't know because I, I, you I don't still think the New Orleans is the most complete team in the league. I think I, think I really right. do. And if Breeze can just get on track enough against that defense. I think they're fine. I'm most concerned about the how quiet Alvin Kamara has been and what this team would be if he gets it rolling. He may yet going down the stretch. It ain't happening in this game. I think coming off a tough loss, my first instinct is you go all the way out to Baltimore – play a tough game, lose it at the buzzer, and now you got to go all the way to New Orleans against an equally tough team. That's a bad spot. I just feel like this San Francisco team's for real. I think they find a way to get it. I think this is a great game. I think it's a low-scoring game. And I'm going to take the Niners here outright, Rick, 26-23. to 23. All right. All right, Rick. The Dolphins, uh, where are they at? No, they're in, in New York. I don't even want to talk about this game. Dolphins plus 5.5 at the Jets. I think that's enough. I'm I'm going for the Jets a little revenge win just because it's up in the cold New York. I think they'll be able to grind it out a little better than air it out than against Miami. So I'm going the Jets 20, Miami 18, but I'm going to have a Dolphin cover. 
Fitzpatrick knows a thing or two about playing in the oh, state yeah. of New that, York that in December. Him, no. That doesn't bother him. So I think the Jets are a better football team. Even I don't think you lose two in <laughs> a row. Not by much anymore. I, but I don't think you lose two in a row to Cincinnati and then Miami going back home. And they already so, lost to Miami once, didn't yeah. they? So the Jets win this thing, but I don't think five and a half seems like a lot. So I'm going to take a Dolphins cover here. A Jets win 28-24. All right, Rick, the Colts sitting at 6-6, six and six, getting three heading to Tampa Bay. This is an interesting game. You know, one thing that um, I've really come to, to discover the last couple of games, and you watch those Colt games, and I watch a good bit of both of them, with, with Hines and, and what is it, Williams mm-hmm. in there. You find out just how much the Colts miss Marlon Mack. Absolutely. I not not taking anything away from those guys, but I tell you what, Marlon Mack is a, is a special player. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they really miss him. Um, that being said, well, he's back this week. He is back. I expected him back. He is back. Uh, that being said, I was going to say him coming back. Something just, I don't know. I, I really like the Colts going into this year, but. Um, they're just something. This is one of my minor upsets of the week. I'm going Tampa Bay 28, Indianapolis 27. Yeah, it's it's going to be that kind of game. I'm going to take the Colts here outright. So yeah, so the yeah the Colts are the the dog here. So yeah, I'm taking the Colts out. Or yeah, I got to calm down. Yeah, <laughs> I got too many. Tampa numbers. Bay gets points. Yeah, Tampa Bay's getting three. No. The Colts are getting three. Okay. That's where you threw me off with that. You called it an upset, which it may still be. Yeah, but, to me, it is an upset. But but on, I, on paper, okay, I'm taking Tampa Bay to win a three Indian, point, Indianapolis cover. Yeah, a three-point road dog is an even game is True. basically what it is. So let's, let's rewind it all the way back. I'm going to try and speak English here. I got the Colts here winning outright 30-27. to 27. This one, just a coin flip. I feel like any game involving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Anything is a coin to do with flip. the South Division. Right. Period. And now you got each South right. Division. Except but, for the Saints, exactly. Here's what I'm most worried about. Bruce Arians made a comment yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, that doesn't know what he's going to do with Jameis Winston in the future. He'll decide at the end of December. What flicks off in my head is now Jameis is thinking, all right, I got to really go out and put on a show to keep my right. job. He could very well throw seven interceptions on Sunday. Right? He could also touchdowns. throw for 450 and seven touchdowns. And as a Mike Evans owner, fingers crossed, baby. But I think he finds a way to gag away a win at the end here and the Colts win this thing. By Jameis a field Winston goal. becoming the next, next fixed magic. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's kind of it, like it might well be only with higher yardage numbers. Right? But yeah, he's kind of that dude. You know, and speaking of Fitzmagic and so forth, we talked about this guy the last couple of years, and you know, not taking anything away against Tannehill, what he's done in Tennessee, but he surely certainly wasn't doing it down in Miami. Devontae Parker. I mean, he's a must start every oh, week absolutely. in this offense. Yeah, With, under Fitzpatrick, absolutely. They couldn't stop him last week. They were double teaming him, and, and Fitzpatrick was still dropping it to him. You see what he could be if he was on a competent football yeah. team. Yeah, it, it really is something. This guy see. is. I mean, you think about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He has done nothing but get give monster paydays to wide receivers oh, over the years. <laughs> that's a good point. He really has got a lot of guys paid. Yeah. Hopefully they all remember him here during the holidays. Oh, oh, oh.
Merry <laughs> you should have warned me that. Almost, you almost had coffee all over you there. <laughs> all right, Rick. The Broncos with their new rookie quarterback getting nine heading into Houston. And I, quite frankly, that was a great win by Houston last week. But um, this Denver defense is pretty tough. And nine points, that too many in May. I'm, I'm going Houston 26, but I'm going to take a Denver cover, 21. So uh, 26-21. That's a Denver cover. I think this is a classic letdown spot. After the emotion revolved around that beatdown of the Patriots on Sunday night, I don't care what the final score said, that was a beatdown. Yep. I think this is a spot where a, a growing team like the Texans, which is, might be the first year where they don't win this thing by half a game at 9-7. and seven. Isn't it funny how they've been winning divisions right. like the last four or five years or in the division, but they're still a growing yeah, team? It's yeah. kind of like they've never really no, they evolved yet. This might be that year, but with a young team, this feels like a spot going up against a bad team with a rookie quarterback making his second start. feels like they exhale a little bit. Don't don't you think with yeah. a good defense? So I still think the Texans win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if they just dumped this one all together, but I didn't have the guts to pick that. So I'm going to take the Texans to win, but I'm with you. I think the Broncos cover this thing. I'll call it 27 to 20, something like that. All right, Rick, the Chargers laying three on the road in Jacksonville. You know, they're you know the Chargers are reminding the Jacksonville Jaguars that they are the benchmark. <laughs> Of creative ways to lose football games. Never seen anything. First of all, that pass interference call was absurd. Oh, it, it was. was abhorrent in that spot. It I was. didn't agree with it if it was it happened in the first quarter, but in that spot especially, come on. I know. Come it, on. It, it is horrendous. But it fits with the season. It's kind of funny. So right. <laughs> like so now we'll go back to the Chargers in Jacksonville. Th- these are the Laurel and Hardy right now. <laughs> I mean, they can figure a way to get hit in the head with a hammer every <laughs> single game. And what did you say it was, three points? Yeah, Chargers are laying three. I think somehow the Chargers win this game. But um, I've got the Chargers 18, Jaguars 16. So I'm going to have a Jag cover. <laughs> I like it. You got some weird scores this week. <laughs> I Like we talked about earlier in the show, Rick, there is some kind of spark that Gardner Minshew brings to that team. And I think with him starting and with kind of just the hang dog type of thing the Chargers have going, they're just going to keep finding ways to lose here. I'm going to take the Jaguars to win this thing outright. I just think it's it's getting away from the Chargers completely, and there's something about that Minshew mania that's actually for real. So I got the Jags here 29-28. to 28. So there are going to be a lot of safeties <laughs> or field goals my in weird this scores, game. Yeah. Well, I always have a 29, you know that. All right, Rick, a game I, I'm uh, pine, I'm losing my mind over this week trying to figure out how the quarterbacks perform as the Titans lay two and a half on the road in Oakland. i tell you what, after watching what Derrick Henry has been doing Nelly, and what Ryan Tannehill's been doing and that Tennessee defense, I don't even think this game's close. I've got Tennessee 37, Oakland 23. Wow, so you, you think it keeps rolling, yeah. I do. I never like it. seems like good teams go into Oakland against bad Oakland teams, and something about playing in that awful place kind of brings them brings them down to your level a little bit. But I'm with you for the most part. I think the Titans just keep it rolling. This is a good spot for them. You know, they're just one Steelers loss away from being in that playoff spot. I think they can smell that. So I'm going to take the Titans here to win 
evening cover, 27-23. I think it's closer, but I still think they cover. All right, Rick, probably the game of the week, definitely the most interesting is uh, the really the story has changed on this from where it was this time last year is the Chiefs get three on the road in New England. Yeah, which is basically an even game, yep. um, which was about how I see it. But I don't know. I just think New England defense is better. I'm going New England 26, Kansas City 24. So I got a Patriot win. And a chief cover. You got a lot of two-point games. That'd be really interesting if that happened. I hope it does. Yeah, this is one. Everything about it tells me the Chiefs are a better football team right now. That Patriots offense is so anemic. But how many times have we had this conversation in the last three or four years? How many times have I stood up and declared the end of the evil empire? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I don't know how. I got a feeling the Patriots come out and put up a bunch of points, and it looks like that game they played early in the season last year. So I'm going to take the Pats to win and cover here, 34 to 30. And All I right. and I honestly don't believe it. It's just that that happens, right? It's and just I would what happens. It. I would believe it. There's, there's. I mean, they can explode at any time or shut a team down. Right. I that, mean, they that's really the can. Other thing. So that I think that's what I'm most interested in seeing: Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill against that defense, because New England hasn't had that defense in the past. Patrick Mahomes hasn't faced that type of defense yet. That, that's going to be the game within the game, and I'm looking forward to that. All right, Rick, the Steelers, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Arizona. Yeah, which doesn't say a lot for um, their faith in Duck Hodges, uh, and, and, and I tend to agree with them. They're going out west. They don't travel well out there, um, you know, going out west. But I think Pittsburgh's still a better team. Their defense is so much better than – uh, Arizona's been playing defense the last <laughs> eight games. Um, I'm going Pittsburgh 24, Arizona 21, so I'll get a Pittsburgh win and a cover. Yeah, I just feel like – I'm a Steeler fan, Rick. This just feels so much like smoke and mirror, mirrors and duct tape. And <laughs> I just – I got a feeling this would be a game I would be nervous about if Ben Roethlisberger was starting, James Conner was in the backfield, and Juju Smith-Schuster was standing on the outside. This is for the great job that Mike Tomlin has done. This is the kind of game he liked to lo- he loved to lose the last four or five years. So that being said, now you're going with James Conner – or um, James Conner, Duck Hodges – Benny Snell and the guy that loads your car at Walmart at wide receiver. I just think this is where it all comes undone. I'm going to, here's my upset of the week. I'm going to take the Cardinals here outright 23 to 20. You know, counterpoint to what you're saying. Everything you said about offense is so true, but you hit on a point with New England, which is the same with the Steelers. They, they ain't had a defense like true. this in years in Pittsburgh. And you know, they've only given up 225 points all year long. Uh, the Cardinals have given up 300 and, I dare say, 51, 351 points. Now, this is sacrilege in Western PA, though. But this Duck Hodges thing, I ain't buying. <laughs> I'm not buying Duck, Duck Hodges, Hodges as, Come like, on. the savior. No, I'm not. But you know what I do see in Duck Hodges is a calm, confident guy out there that is not – just thrown it in the middle of the middle of the field and right. hope somebody catches it besides somebody in the other team. <laughs> and I mean, he, you know, he rolls out. They, he doesn't see anybody. He throws it away. Let's fight another down. 
Mason Rudolph wasn't doing that. Right. He'd no. get happy feet in a second no. and a half. Unfortunately, he's better than Mason Rudolph, but he's Duck Hodge. That thing was cute. It's fun, but he's Duck Hodge. Well, you have no choice. Well, no. That's the other thing. All right, Rick. Seahawks laying one. Only one point favored on the roads against the Rams. And, you know, with everything that happened um, over the last week, I think all of a sudden the Rams are starting to feel themselves a little bit and maybe actually have a little confidence. You're going from 6-5 and five to 7-5. and five. San Francisco takes a loss. Now they're in a division game. This is an upset special of the week. Ooh. I'm going to Rams 29, Seattle 27. See, I have the 100% complete opposite view on this game. Last week was a nice week. Jared Goff woke up. The, the whole thing came back together. Let us not forget how pathetic and how impotent they looked for the weeks leading up to that. The Seahawks, it just feels like they play them big game after big game after big game, and they keep winning them all, and they do it here. I don't even think this thing is close. I got the Seahawks 33-20 against the Rams, so they're right. going to win and cover. That's why they're called upsets. Absolutely. All right, and Monday Night Football, the Eli Manning-led New York Giants getting nine and a half on the road in Philadelphia. And I think that is way more than they're going to need to cover that, quite frankly. There's something about Philadelphia that is really wrong. Right. You know, the defense, we talked about um, all the injuries they had on offense. We We know all that. The defense hasn't been playing that well either. And now all of a sudden you have Eli Manning coming into the New York Giants, and it's probably who they wanted at quarterback anyway, right. most, most of the players. I'm Another upset special. Ooh. I got the Giants 27, Eagles 26. You did what I wish I had the guts to do. I took the coward's way out. I'm going to take the Eagles to win, but I am going to have the Giants <laughs> cover. I don't know if I think or just hope the Giants win this game. I think you, you you at least took the manly way. I think we view this game the same way, but I chickened out. So I got the Eagles here 30-24, to 24, which would be a Giants cover. Get an intern to get it for you. You've got mail. Yeah, unfortunately, he quit. Asylumfootball at gmail.com. At Asylumfootball on Twitter. If you want to be part of Rick's beat-up, nasty, 400-pound mail satchel. Only about 200 pounds this week. Yeah, playoffs, a little light. You know, a lot playoffs. Lighter. Yeah, playoffs. A lot lighter. And um, here we go. Um, I actually did some balls and socks here this week. I wasn't sure if we was doing them. But, you know, one thing that I had that really wasn't a sock, but um, I, I just wanted to hit on this. I should have brought it up at the beginning of the, the show. You know, you get the feeling that this concussion has really set Brandon Cooks back this season. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he may bounce back in 2020, but I tell you what, he's he's playing – but I, I, I don't think I would have the guts to start. If I'm going into the playoffs, I don't have the guts to start him any more than, like you mentioned, Adam Thielen. Yeah. I was stunned. I mean, it, we use that word too much, but I was legitimately stunned that he's back on the field. After that last one, when he was in here in yeah. Pittsburgh at that UPMC concussion center, that's where you go to 
look at the long-term rest of your right. That's where Dale Earnhardt Jr. went for you NASCAR fans before he said, all right, I'm hanging up. Usually that's kind of the last stop right. on that train. I was really surprised he came back, and I, I think, yeah, he – I'm really worried you, about him. Yeah, if you get to that level and you're flying from L.A. to Pittsburgh to see this specialist, that's got to be in the back of a guy's mind. He's going to be making darn sure he's not taking those hits over the middle. I don't blame the guy one bit neither. No, exactly. Okay, getting into the mailbag here. Uh, Buster writes. Buster. <laughs> that's a good name. First round of the playoffs. Yes, it is. <laughs> well done, Buster. We agree. <laughs> yes, we agree. And not all leagues are, believe it or not. I mean, some actually play through like week 17. That's nonsense. So you're, your commissioner's an a-hole. If but you anyway, Minshew or Wentz? It's Wentz here. I, I, I like the, the Minshew mania. I think he finds ways to win football games. I think, I think Carson Wentz may be the non-traditional start of the week at quarterback against that Giants defense. It's just awful. Yeah, I mean, and and it galls me to do that because I am not a Wentz fan. No, no, he's uh, terrible. But but yeah, I, I think you almost have to go with him. All right, Scott writes. We have a PPR, and I need a flex. Me too. What do you got, Scott? Maybe Crowder you can give me one. or Philip Lindsay? Eee. Actually, no. That that's Lindsay all without even a really? question. Yeah. I think he's the centerpiece of that offense right now, especially with the young quarterback. He's been in single digits like the last three weeks, fantasy points, while Jamison Crowder against Miami Dolphins secondary. <sighs> well, you might just be talking me off because Crowder has I mean, he's, 15 he's catches every hound. time they play a bad team. And Sam, you know what? And, who, I don't, and who's Denver playing? They're in Houston. In Houston. You know what? You backed me off of this one. You're right. I, I, I didn't factor in the Miami matchup. You backed me off of it. It is Crowder. You're right. All right. Lindsey will go for 110 and three oh, touchdowns. With that, in the first half, without <laughs> yeah. a doubt. All right. Will writes, uh, half-point PPR. Pick one for a flex. Joe Mixon, Sammy Watkins, Tevin Coleman. I think it's Mixon and not even yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, I, that's not – Sammy know. Watkins can put up 30 – he can put up a goose egg. Yeah, he might get lost on the way to the stadium. <laughs> yeah. And Coleman. That's getting real crowded it's a, it's back a, here. It's the same thing. I mean, look at Mozart at 74% yeah. of the carries yeah. last week. Yeah, it's getting real crowded. And that's just a tough defense. Joe Mixon is a better football player with Andy Dalton on him. We're talking about Definitely. Andy Dalton like he's freaking Dan Marino, but he's that much better than – Lindley, he's a, whatever, well, was, Finley, whatever. You hit it. I mean, he not only is he a veteran, but he's a professional quarterback. Right. He can win games. Yeah, and I think Joe Mixon, he's looked more like Joe Mixon the last couple of weeks. We'll right. just say that. Okay, Antoine writes, Tannehill or Kyler Murray? Well, I'm going to start Tannehill over Drew Brees. Brees. I'm sure as hell going to start him over Kyler. Actually, actually, that's a really bad matchup for Kyler Murray against yeah, I think Steelers so too. defense. Well, yeah, the, the young guy, he's getting it done with his legs. He's had a really nice rookie season. But, but you're he, the one that's calling for an Arizona upset. Well, I am, but I also called it 23-20. This isn't gonna, <laughs> this is a, that's all about the Steelers' offense and not about their, their defense, obviously. You're going to see some exotic things. He takes a lot of sacks as it is. The Steelers get a lot of sacks. That's not a good mix. So that that's uh, Tannehill easily. Okay, um... Jace writes. Jace. 
Streaming defenses for the playoffs. Still got to do it. Seattle, Cleveland, or the Chargers? All right, so Seattle has got Goff. Cleveland's got Dalton. Dalton. Chargers have Minshew Mania. Is this Cleveland? They don't get a lot of turnovers, though. Miles Garrett's still out. Oh, this is tough. I'm See, thinking Chargers, but they got their safeties back. Boy, this is slim pickings here. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't think you – I think pretty much you could probably throw them in a hat and pull them out. Um, but for answering sake, let's go Cleveland. Yeah, here's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm trying to figure out, but they're they're kind of close in turnovers. So so here's here's the way I look at this. Not likely the Rams could put up 35 against Seattle. I think Seattle score 38 if that happens, but the Rams could put up 35. Gardner Minshew could and Leonard Fournette could certainly put up 35 against the Chargers. I don't see a scenario at all where Cincinnati puts up big points against Cleveland. So I, I think I'm going to play it safe in the playoffs. I don't want to lose out. I don't want to take a neg- – I won't take a negative with Cleveland, so that's what I'm going to do. You know what? Ooh. After after that brilliant analysis. After, I all, after all that brilliant analysis, I, I, I think I have to just totally backpedal and just go Seattle. Okay. I, I mean, they are head and shoulders – Fantasy-wise, ahead of either one of the other defenses. Right, right. Um, they've got – Jared Goff does love to throw interceptions. They've got 23 sacks. They've got 11 picks. They've got, you know, 16 fumble recoveries. I mean, this team goes after the football. And even though they're playing the Rams, this, this could be – this could be a kind of a wide-open game. I think I – think I don't know what Jace has been doing. I mean, if Seattle got you to play off, I've, I wouldn't even think about being I'll cute. go with you. I don't, have, I don't have a problem with it. Like I said, I was holding my nose and saying it's just I'm not going to take a negative. But the more, you, the more you think about it, Jared Goff has made a pretty good living on throwing interceptions the last six weeks. So the hell with it. Let's go with Seattle. I think so. I like it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> You're going to like this one. Oh, Lord. I didn't know better. I think you made these up. There, there can't be a holes out there that call themselves. Oh, come on now! You know there are. <laughs> They're listening to us. Well, that's true. You got to Fliggers, bro. My bro. <laughs> <laughs> Do I know him? I don't know. He's signed up Fliggers, bro. I don't know. But anyway, he he writes. If Olson doesn't play, he's not. No, exactly. He's not. We should have mentioned that earlier, but yeah, it doesn't look good at all. No. What tight end should I go with in okay. a PPR? Ian Thomas, Tyler Higby, Jason Witten. Higby. Uh, that's assuming Everett's out. If Everett's out, I think Higby's in line for a pretty big week, actually. I'm kind of excited about him. Yeah, if Everett's out. If Everett plays, Witten? take the easy way out and yeah. play Witten and go the old Bubba Franks model. There, his name came up again, and yeah. hope he, <laughs> yeah. you get that touchdown. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I've saw on a, seen on Twitter many times, he's like, you know, get Ian Thomas, pick him up now. Yeah, I mean, he's not Greg Olson. No. And, and I just – 
he's not going to come waltzing in and catch ten balls for two touchdowns. No, I, it's Higby real easily, unless if Everett, Everett plays, and then if Everett plays, I, I think I'd it's probably Whitten go easily. with Whitten. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. All right, finally we have Fleegers bro, <laughs> bro, bro, <laughs> Carson writes. Having a tough time since Mac went down, but he's back. Yes, he is. Um, So this may be kind of irrelevant, but I wasn't sure he was playing when I uh, wrote wrote this stuff up. Anyway, half-point PPR. Who should I start this week? Miles Sanders, Peyton Barber, J.D. McKissick. All right, I'm throwing McKissick out right away. Jordan Howard's going to be out, so it's got to be Miles Miles Sanders. Sanders. It's got to be. I'm swayed by what Peyton Barber's done the last couple weeks. Ronald Jones gets benched early in that game last week, kind of back to the problem, missed a blitz pickup, and Arians right. just told him to go home, basically. But that that's a risk. That's a big risk. Miles Sanders is going to be the dude. So if you know if this is in place of Mac, then obviously you're going to play Mac. Right. But if this is for your number two or your flex or whatever, then Miles Sanders. I don't overthink it. It's Miles Sanders. Yeah, exactly. This uh... this was like week eleven, and yet had to have one upset to make your playoffs. I might try to make an argument for Peyton Barber after what he's done in the end zone the last right. couple of weeks. But this is week one of the playoffs. This is Nah, just it's it's Sanders. It, it would it's not be, even close. It would be interesting if Tampa was really in the division race, right? Because I think you would see a whole lot more Peyton Barber for the simple reason that you just mentioned: blitz pickup, yeah, and keeping Jameis Winston on his feet. Right now, I think they're just winging it and yeah. go out there and score as many yeah. points as you can, and we'll Ru- see what happens. You're in the bag, you run as far as you can. I'm going to throw it as far <laughs> as I can, and we'll see. We'll pray. Exactly. <laughs> Which is fun to watch, but it, it, is. it doesn't do much for your fantasy running back no. position. Is that it? We That's got it. home. I'm tired. All right. Well, good luck this week if you're in the playoffs. Of course, Rick will continue to answer your questions right up until kickoff at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Of course, check out everything over at Full Time Fantasy to help you move on, fulltimefantasy.com. Oh, and real quickly before we go, um, there was a guy arrested at a McDonald's for pulling a gun on somebody because he gave him ketchup instead of jelly. Can't blame him for that. (laughs) Till next time, we'll see you. Take care. (laughs)